With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. You're listening to Understanding the Law Radio with your host, attorney Peter Lamont. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today we're going to talk about a topic that is um, frequently, frequently requested by, you know, people in all different scenarios and situations. And that topic is vacating a default judgment. Now we find this scenario popping up so often, especially with people that have not retained an attorney, they're representing themselves, they're pro se. What happens is you get served with a complaint or maybe you don't get served with a complaint But the other side tells the court that they did serve you and the court grants a judgment against you. And they do that because they look at the fact that you didn't submit an answer or a motion and they'll say, well, you defaulted. You didn't answer or respond to the complaint in time. Now, There are a variety of circumstances that could prevent you from being served with a complaint, and we'll get into them in another episode, Um, but suffice it to say that there are times when, for whatever reason, either the plaintiff's lying and they didn't serve you, or for whatever reason, you didn't get served, maybe a process server thought they served you, but they didn't, they served the wrong person. Maybe the court mailed out a summons and complaint, but they did it to the wrong address. There's there's a variety of reasons. But let's assume that you will find yourself in a situation where you have been alerted by the court or the other attorney that you have a default judgment entered against you. Well, what can you do and what should you do when you get this information? So... All right, going back to what I said about a default judgment, in its most basic form, a default judgment occurs when one party sues another and the party being sued, the defendant, does not file an answer with the court within the time period set forth by the court rules. So, for example, if a person is served with a complaint in New Jersey, they have 35 days to file an answer or some other responsive document like a motion to dismiss. And they have to do it within that 35-day window. If the person that's being sued does not file an answer or a motion or something else within that time period, then the plaintiff can file a motion and request a default judgment. And depending on the court that you're in, sometimes in the lower courts, when you don't answer within the time frame, the courts might just automatically issue a default without the plaintiff having to do anything. The bottom line is, A default is the equivalent of being awarded a judgment at trial. 
So, for example, if someone's being sued for $35,000 and the plaintiff obtains a default judgment, he can then docket it. You know, there's some steps that have to go along with it. But ultimately, he can attempt to seize assets, garnish wages in order to satisfy the judgment. The bottom line here is that a default judgment is a very bad thing. So what should you do? Well, the answer is quite simple, but it's not always possible. A, you should avoid a default judgment by making sure that you file an answer or other responsive document before the deadline. I mean, it seems simple, right? But there are a number of reasons why people don't file their answer in a timely manner. For example, sometimes a defendant doesn't get served with a copy of the complaint, or perhaps they're in a hospital and can't deal with the complaint when it arrives. But don't worry. All is not lost. Under certain circumstances, you can file a motion to vacate the default judgment and get another chance to file an answer and defend the lawsuit. Now, with respect to vacating a default judgment, every state has a different set of court rules and procedures. But just about every court will grant a motion to vacate a default judgment if the defendant can show two things. And those two things are excusable neglect and a meritorious defense. Now, let's explore both of those, and we'll get into what exactly those legal terms of art mean. All right, let's start with excusable neglect. So in a nutshell, excusable neglect means that there is some reasonable basis for your failure to file the answer in a timely manner. People often ask, well, what constitutes excusable neglect? And there really is no one answer. Courts look at excusable neglect on a case-by-case basis. The key is that there needs to be a good reason why the answer wasn't filed timely. The judge then decides if the reason or excuse is reasonable. Some of the more common reasons that are typically accepted by the courts include illness, hospitalization, handicaps, uh, failure to be served with a complaint, or reasonably believing that you and the plaintiff were engaged in settlement negotiations. So those are some of the more typical scenarios. The key is to make sure that you clearly establish and explain your reasonable explanation. It's not enough to just say, oh, I have excusable neglect. You can't just use those magic words. You've got to show why. And it's got to be reasonable and believable. I mean, Look, how many times did the teacher actually believe that the dog ate your homework, right? Even if it was true, it's just an unreasonable excuse. And that same sort of mindset translates here to to, to court. You know, you can't come in and say, judge, um, you know, I, I didn't know that it was me. I didn't know that I had to answer. I didn't know that I was being sued. The judge isn't going to accept that, right? But if you say, Judge, I swear under oath that I didn't receive a copy of this. And you're telling the truth, of course. Well, that's a good reason. Or, Judge, when this came, I was in the hospital. I was in a coma. I was sedated. And I remember something coming. I don't know what happened to it. But I I was not, you know, in my right mind at the time. That is something that a court would accept. You know, but simply saying, oh, I didn't know I had to do something with it. Well, that's not going to fly. So make sure that when you file your motion to vacate the default, that you establish clearly your basis for excusable neglect. What is your reason for not filing? 
All right, now you also have to be able to establish a meritorious defense. Now, what does that mean? Well, it just means that there's a reason under which you think you can defend the case. So, generally speaking, to establish a meritorious defense, you must show that the facts you know that that you have establish the possibility of a defense. Now, that's a, a fairly easy prong to prove because, A, you know, all you need to show is that you have facts that support your defense or reasonable belief or testimony that, that you're going to introduce. You know, the, the court's not asking you to prove your case or to prove your defense at that time. They're simply saying, well, is there a defense to this case or are you dead in the water? But, you know, typically speaking, a court's not going to look at your meritorious defense on a motion to vacate a default judgment and say, oh, well, we really don't think there's a defense here because, you know, they'd have to establish this and that. And the courts don't get into that on a motion to vacate. If it looks like you have a good defense, then you're going to be able to establish the meritorious defense. All right, let's take a look at some sample defenses to what appear to be defenseless cases that might qualify as meritorious. So let's say you're sued for non-payment of a credit card. Well, you could argue that the debts or the debt, it's not yours. You didn't sign the credit card agreement. It's not yours. You didn't agree to the credit card terms or the terms of the agreement somehow violate the law. That might constitute a meritorious defense. Or how about in a non-payment of rent case? Well, you might argue that the rent was not due because the landlord refused to make repairs or in some way breached the lease. That also might qualify as a meritorious defense. Now, in some states, like Florida, for example, they require that the party requesting to vacate the default judgment show that they moved quickly after learning about the judgment. In other words, certain courts will factor in your response time to learning about the default. If you learned about the default in March and did nothing until November, well, some courts may deny your motion based on your due diligence. Now, my rule is that as soon as you learn that a default judgment is entered against you, immediately hire an attorney or if you can't afford to hire an attorney, start preparing your motion to vacate the default. Don't wait. This is not one of those things that you put on the shelf and say you'll come back to later or stick your head in the sand because that will have disastrous effects on your ability to either vacate the default or to defend yourself against the allegations. You know, a lot of times what we've seen is that a plaintiff will file a lawsuit and, you know, say they serve the defendant but not actually serve the defendant and offer no proof to show that they serve the defendant and they are filing really a frivolous lawsuit. They know that there's no grounds for it, but they do it anyway and they think they're going to get a quick hit, a quick judgment. Well, you know, you can't let that happen because most often... And I'm going to give you a, a percentage. Now, this is not coming from anything other than my experience. There's no statistic. There's nothing that, that I'm pointing to. This is just a ballpark figure. I would say that 85 to 90% of all motions to vacate a default are granted. 
right? As long as you can establish these factors. Because courts favor litigating cases on the merits, meaning they want to have the plaintiff prove the claims against the defendant, and they want to allow the defendant an opportunity to defend those claims. So right off the bat, I think that the the courts, the general idea here is that the courts are on your side in vacating a default. Just don't wait. Don't give the court reason to deny your motion. You know, like I was saying, the courts, they want to litigate cases on the merits instead of via default judgments. And that means, again, that the odds are in your favor. So all you have to do is show excusable neglect and a meritorious defense in your motion to vacate. And of course, if you're in a state like Florida, you've got to make sure that you establish the fact that as soon as you learned about the default, you took some action. Okay. Um, it's really important. It really is because I hate to see people have their um, wages garnished. and They don't even really realize it because the plaintiff was at fault for not properly serving them. All right. So if you get a default, if you notice that there's a garnishment order or, you know, there's a levy or, or whatever it might be, first thing I would do is if you can afford to contact the lawyer immediately, let the lawyer help you. And if you can't, then use resources like utlradio.com. Look at our blog posts, listen to some of the past um, episodes of the podcast and get the help that you need in order to move yourself to vacate the default. And move means file a motion to vacate that default judgment. You can do it. It's, it's something that you've got to spend some time on. But with a little help, a little guidance, you can absolutely do it. So don't stick your head in the sand. Don't be a victim of uh, a plaintiff who is, you know, doing something in, improper. Uh, and of course, of course, in all fairness, there are plenty of defendants who do get properly served and just don't do anything. You too might be able to vacate the judgment. Of course, if you know that you did nothing, you're going to have a little bit of a tougher road to hoe, but it's worth a shot because you'd rather litigate those cases on the merits, defend those cases, than just sit back and let the plaintiff beat you on a default. Now, if you want more information about vacating a default judgment, again, check out the podcast. You can look at our YouTube videos. We have a number of them concerning this topic, and you can also look for past episodes of this podcast. Now, don't forget to visit utlradio.com frequently because we have new content going up all the time and a lot of your um, answers to legal questions or uh, guidance, you can get that right at utlradio.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe because when you subscribe, you're entitled to special discounts and you can get additional information for free. So it's, it's important that you subscribe. If you want to contact me directly, you can do so by sending an email to pl at utlradio.com or you can give me a call at 973-949-3770. I hope that this helps. I hope that it encourages you to take action, to grab the bull by the horns when you are on the receiving end of a lawsuit and that you understand you can do this. You just need to know how and that's what we're here for. So thanks for joining me. And hopefully you will tune in next week when we bring up another legal topic 
And uh, again, questions, contact me, feel free, email or telephone. All right, have a great week. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. If you'd like more information about the show, or if you'd like to take advantage of our business and legal self-help resources, including our extensive video library, then visit us online at utlradio.com. That's utlradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and of course on YouTube. Now, if you have questions about any of the topics that you've heard discussed on today's show, or if you would like to suggest a topic, please reach out to me directly at info at utlradio.com, or you can call at 973-949-3770. Please also make sure to rate this podcast over on iTunes and share the information that you've received with your family, your friends, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success, and legal information station. I'll see you next time. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.